Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Hello to you, uh, to our church family, to our visitors watching today. Uh, wherever you're watching from, a very, very welcome to you. As you can see, things are a little bit different today. Uh, I'm sitting here with my precious wife, Nats, and uh, we're just going to be having a conversation today. The reason for this conversation is because you are having conversations at home right now. And as you would sit in your living rooms at night, uh, talking through current affairs, talking through what's going on in the world right now, um, those conversations stimulate questions. And those questions kind of make their way back to us. Uh, as you would contact us and drop a question via WhatsApp or phone call or email or whatever it is. And uh, over the last little while, over the last year and a half really, the questions have increased. And recently, we just realized that um, we need to maybe just take some time and address the frequently asked questions that come from you guys at home. So for that reason, Nats and I are sitting like we would be sitting at the end of a day and we're going to chat through these questions. Now, the big difference is we're not in our pajamas and that is purely for your benefit. Uh, so... That is really what this session is all about, is just addressing the questions that you have been asking. Nats, you happy and ready? Yeah, I just think we really just, um, we feel very privileged that you would confide in us and ask us these questions. And so um, it's our greatest desire to be able to lead you as best as what we can with truth um, and yeah, so it really is a privilege for us to try and answer a lot of these questions for you today. Awesome. So one of the biggest questions that um, have been coming at us that we've heard out there and that have specifically come to us is because of what we've been going through in the last year and a half, are we living in the end times? Ramon, what do you think about this? I believe that, that we definitely are living in end times. Um, I believe that the the end times really started with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, why I say that is because throughout the the New Testament, if we look from the book of Acts onwards, we see how how there's this constant conversation about the church of the day, the believers of the day, um, believing and being excited about the fact that they were living in end times. Now that's two thousand years ago. Yeah. So we fast forward that to today and for us to believe that we're not living in end times, I think is, is silly. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would say beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, we are living in end times. I think that so often though in that space, um, a lot of that sort of talk can be fear driven. Mm -hmm. That there's a lot of fear surrounding end times and, um, and I'm honest. I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the the fear mongering, if I can put it that way, that goes along with those conversations. 
Um, because when I consider fear, I don't, I don't feel like fear comes from the heart of God. Uh, I honestly believe that that whenever something is fear-driven, it's coming from a very different place. So uh, I do, I struggle with that idea of, of, um, of us driving the conversation from a fear base. Yeah. Um, you know, I always think of us as the church, we get wrapped up in those moments, uh, especially when big things happen mm-hmm. in history. You know, um, we always feel like, oh, this must be it. I can remember a Bible school lecturer of mine um, speaking to us about that and just just saying, you know, just imagine, just imagine you were a Jewish born Christian living in the Second World War. Yeah. Yeah, I would have imagined it was the time. That's it. I mean, everything was lining up. Yeah. You know, they were being persecuted. They were being killed. Everything was lining up to to fit that narrative, mm-hmm. and uh, and essentially the point that he was that he was coming to was that every generation would face something in their lifetime that would point them to the fact that this is it, yeah. like. F- insert your end times theology here yeah. because it's happening yeah. um and when it comes to when it comes to that sort of thinking and that conversation um i like to keep life very simple you know that we've we've spoken through this how many times at home uh that whenever we're receiving a whatsapp message about this end times event or someone's emailed or phoned or whatever the case may be um, we always come back to where's it coming from? Is it fear-driven? If it's fear-driven, then I don't believe that it really comes from the heart of God in any shape or form. But at the same time, I believe in just living with an eternal mindset, living with eternity in mind. Yeah, ready every day. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, my my big thinking or theology or whatever you want to call it around end times is love for Jesus every day. Like give him your best every day. Surrender your life to him every day. Live in his purposes. And then when that day comes, you'll be fine. You'll be ready. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Another question that um, has really come our way and... uh, I don't think we've ever been spoken to as much by the president and, and been given instructions by the president, whether we can leave our homes, go to work. Um, you know, I mean, Zion didn't know there was a president until this time. And, and now he wants to hear when when is the president going to talk to us again. And so and the president gets the blame for everything. That's in our it house. in our house. When we can't do something, the president gets the that's blame. That's right, because he said so. But um, obviously the, the regulations um, shut in-person gatherings down uh, significantly and uh, there's been this question of whether we as Jesus followers should be obeying the government or whether we should be um, obeying God and what do you think about this like what are your, what are your thoughts regarding this I, I think that it's that it's um, that that question normally has a question behind the question I feel like that question normally has an agenda behind mm. the question. Yeah. Um, 
And to kind of expose it, I, I, I want to say that I believe that we, we obey God by obeying the government. We obey God by obeying the authority that's been placed over us. Um, Paul makes it so clear. The Apostle Paul makes it so clear in the book of Romans that, um, that we need to honor the authority that's been placed over us. So for us to, to, to try and like put God up against the government, uh, it doesn't work in this space. Um, a lot of the, the language that's been used around that has been persecution. Mm-hmm. You know, us as the church that so we've been persecuted, persecuted at, at the moment. And, um, I think that again, we need to be so careful around calling what's happening right now persecution. Yeah. Um, because first off, we're not being singled out. Yeah. It's not like, we can't practice our faith. It's not like we, uh, we somehow can't share the good news of Jesus and the love of Jesus with the people around us. We can still freely do that. Um, if synagogues were allowed to function and mosques were allowed to function, but somehow the local church of Jesus was not allowed to function, we'd be having a different conversation. But essentially, governments have stepped in and just gone, guys and ladies, People behave differently in these spaces. So for that reason, we're asking you to play your part with us in trying to reduce to, the spread. That's it. Um, so from that standpoint, we're asking you to at times not gather and at other times to just gather within these numbers. Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. You know, I, I'm honest. I'd hate to be the president yeah, during these absolutely. times. I'm just being very honest. Um, I think that the president probably has the toughest job right now. Um, and so for that reason, instead of standing in a space of criticism, we really try to honor our government by adhering to the regulations that have been put into place. Because I don't believe that there are regulations of persecution. I actually believe that there are regulations of safety. And I believe it speaks into the heart of Jesus. When we talk about should we obey God or should we obey the government, I go, well, when we talk about obeying God, what did Jesus say? He said, this is the great command. Like, love God and love others. And I believe that it's in these times that at times, especially during these times, the best way that we can love other people is by creating that space between us, is by by not gathering when those numbers are going through the roof, but creating that distance, creating that space. It doesn't mean that we don't get to connect. I believe we need to be intentional in the way that we connect, but it might not be face-to-face. So for me, that is really the crux of, of... of either obeying God or obeying the government. I, I don't, I, I, like I said, I feel like the, the question's loaded. And, um, and I honestly believe that we honor God yeah. by honoring our government. And I even think when we went into the original lockdown and we did that series of we are the church, that we have 
18 months now to look back on and actually see how our church has been able to function as a church. And I don't think we've ever been more connected on looking after each other and loving each other and praying for each other and supporting each other. Um, probably more so than when we are able to gather on a Sunday and we take that for granted. And so to think that um, any government shut church down, they, they didn't shut church down. No. They just stopped us from coming into close proximity with each other. But yet, I think our church and the church has has really stepped up to loving each other and yeah. supporting each other yeah. more so in this time yeah. than what we've ever seen. And think about it. We weren't on this platform before all of this. Yeah. And so many churches weren't on these sorts of platforms before the time. So if anything, it's actually helped spread the love of Jesus during this time. I was speaking to a friend this past week and he said this. He said, when it came to this whole idea of, you know, um, we know some people have just gone, we don't care what the government's saying. We're just going to go ahead and we're going to have church the way that we want to have church. And he said this and it, it really hits home for me where he said, we cannot look for a godly outcome through ungodly means. We cannot look for an, a godly outcome through ungodly means. And I believe that with all my heart, because at the end of the day, isn't it true, even for you at home, that during this time, we are looking for a godly outcome. Absolutely. So let's honor him through Absolutely. this way. Yeah, good answer. So here's a, um, a question for you. Um, have you been vaccinated yet? Yes, I have. Uh, I have. I've been, I've been vaccinated. The moment that the registration opened up, um, I uh, registered and my appointment is for in a couple of days time. But I drove past the vaccination site and there was no queue. And I, uh, I thought, hey, no better time than the present. Yeah. So a big question that so many of you have asked us is, as a believer, should you be taking the vaccine? Yeah. And I, I think that, that, that unfortunately, again, I come back to that fear element, you know, that the, the conversation going on in church circles right now is, um, you know, isn't, isn't us going for the vaccine like, Fear driven. Yeah. You know, shouldn't we be standing in faith and not taking Yeah, that God the will heal us. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't help but think of when we go to bed at night as a family. We don't go to bed at night and like leave our doors wide open. Yeah. Uh, no, when we go to bed at night, we close our doors, we lock our doors, make sure that we're we're secure in our home. And then we go to sleep. Yeah, we do the necessary. That's it. We do the necessary. So it's not a fear-driven exercise. It's pretty much just a wisdom. I almost want to say a common sense, but yeah. it's a wisdom exercise. So when it comes to the vaccine, again, I, you know, I believe that's, that God really invites us into his story. God invites us into his processes. God's always partnering with man and, and inviting us to partner with him to again see godly outcomes. And I just believe that again, God is inviting us into a space where modern science 
and godly wisdom can work hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to myself having a vaccine, yeah, I I definitely went for the vaccine. You went pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. You were first round, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So even though myself and Nats have both been for the vaccine, I believe that this is incredibly important to just drive home right now. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you need to go for the vaccine. Something that I believe with all my heart is that this is a conversation between you and God. I believe with all my heart that you need to have peace surrounding the vaccine whether that's not taking it or taking it i firmly believe that we're we're told that god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and i believe that we need to address the fear find god's heart for us in this moment connect with his power connect with his love Connect with that sound mind that he's given us and then make a decision based on that. And I really pray that you and your family would engage with God in that conversation and find the peace either which way. Now, that's a lot of the fear that has come about the vaccine is based on a lot of misinformation that's that's being spread. I know social media is like... I found it hilarious how in wave one, uh, everyone became an epidemiologist within like five minutes of watching stuff on social media. Um, You, on the other hand, unlike me, I'm completely unschooled in this area, but you sat through webinars. uh, You're sitting in these monthly um, online meetings and and things that are being presented and offered to the health professionals within South Africa. And you're fortunate enough to be able to be engaging in that space. And as a result, um, when we had to have our vaccines or when we became eligible, the decision was actually quite easy because of what you'd been exposed to. Here's, Here's maybe an odd question, but I know that a question that's been going around is, or, 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 or a, um, again, one of those social media things that did its rounds was don't take the vaccine because it's going to change your DNA. Yeah. True or false? Well, I, I want to say false, all right? So um, there are different vaccines that exist. So either they put um, like the live, the, the vaccine has got like the, the live virus into you so that your body is able to go and produce the antibody for the virus or they put a part of the virus into you or an inactive form of the virus into you for you to be able to produce the antibodies so again that's kind of like the way that we've known that's how it's been done up until now so your you know your um, measles rubella all of those um most childhood um, vaccines are based on that the virus itself there is a new form of um, how they produce vaccines, um, it's called the mRNA vaccine. So what they do is they take DNA or RNA of the virus and they are injecting that into us. But to put it in a way for you to understand, 
that mRNA or DNA of the virus is like an instruction manual that's been put into your body that our bodies can produce a protein, almost like the protein, that antigen that sits on the virus, all right? As we produce that protein, then we are able to produce an antibody that is that that will be able to fight off that protein that we've develop, developed. So when we are injected with um, the mRNA, our body's natural response is to produce this protein, all right? Then that part of the virus that was put into us dies off and our body continues going through the immune response to produce the antibodies. Our DNA sits inside of our cells and that mRNA, um, well, the part of that mRNA that's injected into us never enters into the nucleus of our cell where our DNA sits. So I want to say that, no, it doesn't change our DNA. It is, um, it's the, the, some of the influenza, um, the flu vaccines that we get has used this um, type of vaccine to assist. So it never enters into our DNA. It's kind of like our DNA response to that, what do you call it, mRNA? Yeah, okay. yeah. Our body has its, its own natural response to, um, to develop the protein because of that instruction manual that was yeah. given to us. We would have been injected with that, that protein, but now we are developing it ourselves and then developing the antibody to fight it off. So... That is just one of the one of the ways vaccines are developed. That's the way the Pfizer vaccine is working, whereas the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is more um, based on the either injecting like an inactive form of the virus into our bodies for that immune response to happen, so that we can build the antibody, so that the antibody, like a soldier, can fight this virus. So when we get the vaccine, we're not necessarily going to not be able to get the virus. We just now have soldiers that will fight off the virus when it comes to us. So we will recognize it and we've got a defense against it as opposed to getting the, the virus for the first time, having no immunity against it. And that's when it really has an effect on us. So the vaccine is not that we do not get um, COVID-19, get that virus, but that it will potentially not put us into hospital and not end in death. Beautiful. I understood that. I hope so, you did. <laughs> so that, that helps. <laughs> so we have been using vaccines for many, many years. And I can probably predict that majority of you have been vaccinated or you vaccinated your children. And um, I think the, the, the greatest concern um, with this particular vaccine is that Obviously, there is so much attention placed on it right now mm. and possibly even the speed with which this vaccine was produced. Yeah, that, that seems to be a massive concern to a lot of people is like, has this thing been properly tested? Exactly. You know, has it been given the right amount of time? Yeah, yeah. so uh, obviously the COVID or, or coronavirus is not a new virus, but this COVID-19 is a specific strain. So there would have been um, vaccines that had been developed to a certain point um, and then needed to be tweaked with knowing now what um, COVID-19 was all about. But the whole world 
was able to focus on this one thing at the same time with unlimited resources and with political backing. And so there were different centers working on different stages of the development of these vaccines. So one center was testing this, one center was testing that, all sharing a database, being able to develop this vaccine together. So yes, it was developed quickly, but the, the, the thing is, is that the vaccine at this point was one of our only it, really effective defenses against this yeah. virus. And so there had to be a um, crisis management and a speed put on releasing this vaccine because this was a worldwide pandemic and it needed something to happen. Whenever I've been approached with this question, I've not known the medical backing to it, but again, just coming from a common sense standpoint, just trying to use my my, my rational thinking, yeah. um, and I don't know, but I don't know of another time in history where the entire world's medical um, uh, community came together for one common goal with unlimited resources, like you said, and all the backing that they needed uh, to be able to come up with a result. We didn't have it with HIV. We haven't had it with cancer. We haven't had it with any of, of those things, to my knowledge. Um, and at the same time, I want to say this. I, I, I can't help but just think of where, Christ, where, where, where Scripture says to us that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. You know, and, and for me, that just is so pertinent during this time. And what's interesting is that if you go and read that uh, correctly, it says that where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And the blessing is then laid out. And that blessing is life. Yeah. And I really believe that we're, we're, we're starting to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, as you're talking, another question that comes to mind is, um, yeah, but doesn't this vaccine have side effects? Well, Quite honestly, any medication that you take has got a side effect and you've got to weigh up the benefits to the side effects. And so um, I think, yes, there probably are side effects, but if we compare the stats of the lives that it's saving, we've got to look at that and still see it as really a, 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 a good defense for tackling this uh, worldwide pandemic. And I guess if I really went and studied that little leaflet in my Panado bottle, I'd probably never take another Panado in my life again. Potentially. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to not make it all about the vaccine, but to kind of just cap this section off. Um, let me ask you this. If any of our folks at home find themselves in a situation where, okay, we've tested positive for, for COVID-19, what do we do? What do we do? What are some practical steps? Something, you know, again, people don't want to go to a hospital because they're scared of going to a hospital. People uh, want to address it at home. Some people don't even believe this thing's real. You know, um, we've tested positive. Now what? What are some practical steps? I think the biggest thing, the wisest thing is to have your your GP lead you through this, all right? So to have your initial consult with them 
um, so that he can see where you are at. And most GPs have really walked a really close walk with their, their patients, all right? The biggest thing though that I, I think is important is that if you are unable to walk across the room without really losing your breath or climbing flights of stairs without you know, being breathless or holding a conversation and you get breathless, I suggest you phone your GP and you potentially go and get admitted, all right? Because when our oxygen levels drop, so if you have an oximeter at home, it's great for you to be able to test what your SATs levels are. And really what that is doing is it's telling us how much oxygen our body or our cells are carrying. We should be carrying close to 100%, all right? That, that oximeter should be reading close to 100%. But if it drops below 90, it means your body is not carrying sufficient oxygen. Every cell in our body requires oxygen to function. So if you deprive those cells of oxygen for a long period of time, every organ in your body is placed under a large amount of pressure. And you do that for long, it's difficult to come back from that. So the moment your SATs drop below, below um, 90, I suggest you go, you speak to your GP or you go and you get admitted so that you can be under be monitored really closely to make sure that um, they can give you extra oxygen so that your body's receiving what it needs, so that you don't get to a point where, where your organs are placed under tremendous amount of strain. And the biggest thing is to try and drop those levels of anxiety, all right? You get anxious, you're gonna start to lose some of your breath. Yeah. Um, and you are to, to just support each other as a family. But the biggest thing is don't do it alone. And especially now, I don't think our hospitals are under as much strain as they were maybe two weeks ago. Going to hospital doesn't mean you're not coming out. I'd really suggest you let those medical professionals guide you through this process. Yeah. Go get the care that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So as we draw this to a close today, I think a common theme throughout our discussion has been to not allow ourselves to be driven by fear, but to allow God to lead us in His peace and to lead us through faith. That is my heart for you. That is the heart behind this discussion is for us to try and remove the fear that you may be sitting with and struggling with right now. And maybe just come and give you some facts that we have gone and, and that we've been exposed to and that we've really gone and searched out. Um, and to really just allow God to bring His peace and His wisdom into those moments. I want to come back to the fact that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A friend of mine sent me this a little while back and I'd love to just end off with it. We started off talking about end times and kind of just how it all influences all of this. And I just found this so applicable to this session. It says this, it says, imagine if our Christian view of end times was centered on preparing for Christ rather than an antichrist, centered on the mark of Jesus rather than the mark of the beast, centered on preparing for redeeming the earth rather 
than escaping it. Centered on hope rather than fear. Guys and ladies, may our lives be centered on the hope of Christ rather than the fear of the crisis around us. We love you and our prayer for you is that you would be that voice of hope in your community as you just live out the fact that you are the church of Jesus in your community. From Nats, from myself, from our leadership, we love you and uh, we keep praying for you. And I'd like to just end this off by praying for you right now. Father God, we thank you, Lord that we can invite you into these conversations. Lord, I thank you that you are not out there somewhere distant, uninterested in these moments. But Lord, that we can really come and submit our hearts, our lives, that we can come and submit our fears, our insecurities to you and really allow your Holy Spirit to come and just speak truth, speak life into these moments, Lord. Lord, I've seen these moments be so polarizing, splitting families, splitting friendships, splitting churches. And Lord, I know that that's not your heart for us. So Lord, I pray that our conversations and our roles in conversations during this time will be, will be those of unifying, those of uniting people, Lord. They will speak the truth in love, but that we will put our opinion aside and that we will put your love for the people around us at the forefront. We love you, Lord, and we commit our lives to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you. Trust you have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.